Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Who Are Somehow Important to My Well-Being, the podcast. I'm Sydney, and I'm the host and the creator of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Gracie Kramer, who's a former three-time All-American on the UCLA gymnastics team. Hi, nice to see you again. Hi! Since it's called People Who Are Somehow Important to My Well-Being, I like to start by telling people kind of why they're here and how they're important to my well-being. Um... So I was never a gymnast. Well, okay, that's not true. I did gymnastics for one year, but I was too scared to flip. So I quit. (laughs) But I always loved watching it. And like something always drew me to the sport. And over my freshman year, I was so bored. Like I had so much downtime. And I one day like stumbled upon the new era, like the oh yeah series. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Also, because like I still had that film love in the back of my mind. It was just cool to me to see like you guys beyond the sport and like who you actually were as people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And so I just like I loved it and I followed everyone on their journeys obviously like followed the whole team but that was when I like really got into like watching like actual NCAA gymnastics and like started learning who people were like all that like Mm -hmm. I started watching meets that was a big big deal for me um yeah absolutely and like UCLA was always my favorite team to watch now that's kind of where I'm at and obviously like I met you at um the alumni me and I want to talk to you more so yeah absolutely I'm so glad you reached out first um so I guess my first question for you is how did you get into the sport oh man um back in uh, I was six is when I started gymnastics but I um my dad's an orthopedic surgeon and he does surgery on a lot of like surfers and pro skaters and all these like very significant athletes. And so growing up, like I watched obviously a ton of athletes kind of come and go, like they would come stay with us, especially if they're international, because they don't have to stay. And my dad would like so graciously let them stay in our guest room. And there was one in particular who was like family to us. And to say thank you for letting him stay with us he bought us a trampoline and I was like four I think at the time and I just was on there pretty much every day and throwing backflips front flips at age four and like my mom was so mortified that I was gonna like kill myself so she (laughs) was like how do we channel this energy in a very positive not dangerous way and so I think I made team like pre-team or whatever like the next day like I guess I just because I was teaching myself so much on the tramp that they were kind of just like, yeah, I already know the basis, you know, like jump into it. So yeah, that's how it started. And I've loved it ever since. (laughs) Clearly, because you went on to be a collegiate gymnast. But that is my next question. Did you know that you always wanted to do gymnastics in college? Yeah, I I would say for a hot second, it was the Olympics. I think every gymnast when they're growing up, that's like the dream and you know, such a big overarching goal. Um, But I was at I was also at a gym with like Kyla Ross and Michaela Maroney and just all these like incredible greats who actually went to the Olympics so when you're training with these girls and you're around these girls constantly at a young age like of course you're you're influenced to believe that that's even a possibility Mm -hmm. and sadly as like time went on with having the Olympians in the gym and them having to train for the Olympics and the Olympics coming around the corner um this was like right before 2012 they were giving obviously they were pouring all their attention into Kyla 
Lila and like the rest of the girls that were like elites, which was totally fine and understandable. But for me, I was only a level nine and I was 12 or 11. And I just kind of was at that point in my career where I don't know if you like, if you know gymnastics, but like yeah. with level nine, it's like level nine is kind of the make or break level. Like if you know anyone that's done gymnastics for a long time, odds are like if they quit in their career, they either quit like at level eight or level nine, just because mm-hmm. it gets like so much harder. Um, and the skills get so much more difficult and challenging and the hours get more intense. And at that time too, because I thought, you know, maybe I would go to the Olympics or like at least try and do it with like the girls. I was training eight hours a day. So I was eating lunch and dinner. At, yeah, eating lunch and dinner dinner at the gym. Um, it was it was slowly becoming my entire life. And I am big on balance and just having a healthy relationship with everything that I do and to take that to such an extreme I just didn't have it in me to care that much about going to one meet you know like it's a, it's literally one meet and it's one moment and I don't want to take away from like people that go to the Olympics like I mean obviously mad respect but for me it just didn't really feel like a calling as much as the college gymnastics did like mm-hmm. it's so different it looks so fun it like so lax and not scary and terrifying and I'm not a big competitor like I really hated competing so for me it was like I really want more to this than just the competition because I feel like you're training by yourself with your coach all the time you don't have a camaraderie. You don't have really like a sisterhood the same way that like a college gymnastics team does. So that's kind of where I realized it's time to move on. So I moved gyms and went to a gym that didn't even offer elite. So there wasn't even an option to like go to the Olympics, even if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so without the elite program, everyone was very much college bound and very interested in doing that route. So that was also like a really positive influence on me to like shoot for that and get, I mean, you know, they, they um, also did all the recruiting. So they took care of like reaching out to the coaches and all the, you know, putting out videos all the time on YouTube and social media. So they did a really good job at helping us kind of get on the map for college recruiting, which was phenomenal. I mean, I was getting letters when I was like in eighth grade. Like, yeah, that's how great of a job they did. So I didn't even know like what any school was when I was in eighth grade. (laughs) I literally didn't even know what I was going to do in high school at that point. You know, like I I was homeschooled. Like I genuinely had no idea what was happening. But again, I mean, I think they changed the rules now. So there's they can only start recruiting um, junior year. They can't recruit as early as they used to. So that's also a big thing. But I knew girls that were committing to colleges in eighth grade. Like it was wild. It's so competitive. So wow. That is wild, though. Like that you were getting letters in eighth grade. Yeah, that's crazy. But didn't you weren't you committed somewhere else first? Yeah, I was committed to Arizona State. So when I was in high school, it was like my end of my freshman year going into my sophomore year um it was that summer and I was doing a bunch of summer camps and I did a summer camp at um Arizona State and I did one at Kentucky and I was gonna do one at Oregon State and I ended up canceling it and my coach because my coach was like okay Arizona State just offered you a full ride do you want to take that or do you want to go to Oregon State and see how you feel and I was like no I want to take it because I loved Arizona State I was committed there for three and a half years like three years yeah long time all the way up till a week before I graduated high school so I signed there which is like a contract like can't really get out of it um the head coach got fired um I'm glad you know the program was heading in a better direction and they decided to hire a really nice couple and they're doing like fantastic things with the program now but because all of that happened, like all the assistant coaches, like one of the assistant coaches was like the reason I even committed because he was so awesome and he was so supportive of me and I've known him for so long. It felt safe and it felt like 
this was a place I could call home. Um, and he ended up getting fired because like when they fire one person, they do clean house. So typically they'll bring in their own assistant coaches. So that happened and they hadn't hired anyone yet. So I was basically in this weird like limbo where I didn't really know what college was going to look like for me. And I knew that there was going to be a lot of growth moments and like a lot of really hard years leading up to like really great years um Mm -hmm. when a new coach comes in because they kind of have to revamp their entire program and I kind of had to look in the mirror and you know assess what it meant to me to do that and like was I willing to kind of sacrifice a few years of my career to like be a part of a building program and for me personally I just really didn't want to be a part of something like that and it, it didn't feel like home anymore for some reason, it just, it was such a different program than when I committed. I mean, I committed back when I was a sophomore. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's so much has changed. I got so much better too in my career. So I was, you know, they were basically were expecting me to do all around. And I knew I didn't want to do all around just because I hated bars and it just didn't seem right. It didn't seem like the right fit anymore. So thankfully, because she was fired, I got out of of my NLI. So I didn't have to like worry about issues with that um so I didn't really have any loyalties anymore to the program and my dad was just like what school would you want to go to if you didn't have gymnastics and UCLA had reached out to me like that following week when I decommitted and did they know that you had decommitted yeah so they can't they technically can't talk to me until I was like done it's like a relationship like once you break up then you can like talk to other people it was like that like I was technically engaged like I literally was like signed so yeah so I basically that was the sketchy part too was I couldn't decommit with like a program in mind I had to decommit without any programs reaching out to me without and for all I knew like because everyone was committing so early in their careers like I literally was like there's no space for me I'm not gonna get another full ride there's no way it's so last minute it was a week before I graduated. I was like, I had to basically kind of check my ego at the door and realize you're probably not going to get a full ride anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. and that's okay. As much as it's like, I think back in high school, it was a really big deal because people are literally paying you to go to school. Right. But I was like, I love gymnastics too much. I don't care about the money at this point. Thankfully, you know, my parents were willing to support me and help me financially. So, so grateful to them for that because obviously that would be a whole other conversation. But yeah, so they, they told me to walk on to UCLA. They were like, I think that's going to be the best fit for you. And as long as you know that you'll be able to contribute. And I have a very strong underdog mentality. So for me, it was important that I stepped into a role that I had to grow into rather than had like this immense pressure to deliver every single week. Like I like, I like being set up to like grow rather than in the Arizona state instance, it was like, no, you have to compete for us every single week. And like, we're relying on you to like bring those numbers and bring those scores. So that was a really cool thing for me to kind of recognize, like, even though I feel like I'm in over my head and I'm probably not going to compete that much my freshman year. And I, you know, like I recognize all those things that I was kind of giving up, but I'm so grateful I did. Cause I mean, I grew so much in such a short span of time solely because they were like, here's some really big ass shoes. Like, how are you going to walk in on, you know, like you got to grow up, you got to figure out how to, how to compete. You got to figure out how to train. Like you got to be productive. You got to be smart. And so those were all the things that I learned and, you know, helped me grow over the time that I was there, which is, you know, just irreplaceable knowledge and experience. So and you really happy. You went to UCLA. So yeah, went to UCLA, walked on. I was a walk on all four years. Um, You know, my goal obviously was to earn a scholarship, but 
sometimes it's just not the way the cards play out and that's okay. It didn't take away from what I did in my career. It didn't take away from my worth. It didn't make me feel any type of way other than just overall grateful that I even had the opportunity to make a name for myself. And if anything, it kept a chip on my shoulder. You know, it was a constant reminder like, hey, there's still work to be done. And like, there's still something to achieve. And I think I realized, especially in gymnastics, there's so many con- like uncontrollables. Like there's so many things you cannot control in your in your world that you just have to control the things that you can control and focus on those things. And then it'll just kind of work out the way it needs to. But I think that was like the biggest lesson for me because I mean, even with scoring, it was like, I never really, as much as I had a goal to get a 10, it wasn't like, if I don't get a 10, I'm not like good enough. You know, like I knew there were like, routines that I had done that were better than when I got a 10. So it was like, thank God. I, I mean, thank God they recognized it, but also like, I wasn't going to, I knew I was mentally prepared to like walk away and recognize, you know, sometimes it's just political. Like they, if you don't have a big name or if you haven't made a name for yourself in the world of gymnastics, like they're not going to just see a good routine and be like 10. And my coach always said, just keep knocking. Like they're going to eventually have to open the door, like just keep knocking. And so that was kind of a big thing for me to realize, like, it's just, you just got have to keep knocking, I guess. It's a really good mentality to have. Just like in life though, I feel like. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And like, I mean, everyone's going to, there's someone's going to say no to you eventually. Like you're going to get to a point where you feel like they are, you know, all the odds are stacked up against you. And then you just have to realize, okay, well, what are my controllables? Like, I can't control how this person reacts to me, can't control, you know, what they need from me. I can control how I act, how I react, like how I carry myself, how well of a job I do, you know? So I think realizing that and changing that perspective as quickly as I did, like it carried me through so much kind of like BS and like stress because I wasn't even focused on the extra stuff. I was focused on what what can I do right now to be 1% better or you know you should be a job coach that was really inspirational (laughs) i know gym that for sure just applied to me in my daily life so (laughs) oh good i'm glad you know just here just trying to spread my knowledge i did i did do like um i did like virtual coaching for like little kids like mental coaching just because i had so much experience in that realm and it was really cool and fulfilling to like see them kind of put everything together and like figure out how to like deal with you know mental blocks or fear or anxiety or meet day anxiety and all those things and I'm like girl I feel you I've been through it <laughs> so being able to empathize and then just like give them everything that I learned over those you know four years or I mean I guess 14 years right. um, was really cool and it, I mean obviously I wanted to give back to the community that gave me so much so yeah so I, I never thought about branching into like general life coaching but that was really inspirational. How did you get on the UCLA team then? Like, I don't really know how that process works. So did you like have to get into UCLA? Well, obviously you got into UCLA, but like, how did yeah, that? Yeah, it was. Like, it's like a, they call it like a preferred walk-on. So I was like technically recruited because I did a specific vault that was a 10-0 start value. And that was kind of rare because they just kind of changed the rules recently um, where I guess one vault was devalued. And then the one that I did was recognized as like a 10 0.1 or something or is a 10.0 but in high, in high school it was a 10.1 so it was kind of weird anyways it was a rare vault only like two or three girls did it in my on my team at UCLA so they basically were like we need you for vault and so I I went into it um as like a preferred walk so they kind of already knew there's some, yeah and there's some girls that will get into UCLA on their own which is like freaking amazing and then they'll 
try to walk on. So like, that's a completely different thing. Like they have to basically like try out. I always wondered how that process works. Was it hard like balancing school and competing every weekend? Yeah. Because I I was not an athlete and it was still hard for me. So yeah, it was really hard. I don't miss school at all. I know that sounds bad, but I really don't. Like I miss the social aspect. I miss like seeing my friends every day and like walking on Bruin Walk and just saying what's up and going to my classes. But it was, it was a lot. I mean, so much like planning ahead because you know you're going to be gone for x amount of time and the last thing you want to do after a gymnastics meet is like do work and and homework and like study and so it was it took so much discipline and I wish I had more of it like I wish I planned better or like learned how to manage my time better if I could go back and do that again I think I would be a little bit more disciplined about just like organizing my life because that's definitely not my strong suit and it's definitely carried on to my adult life like I still struggle with organizing but we made it you know like we made the most of it I only went to UCLA the one time that like I was there for the alumni meetings my first time in LA I had just gotten there like the night before because oh my gosh canceled and delayed and whatever it was horrible yeah but if I could like turn back time and go to UCLA I 100% would I'm it's so pretty cool. rad it's a, cool, it's a cool school I wanted to talk to you about your perfect 10 yeah I know it was a while ago at this point but you can remember walk me through how you were feeling the emotions, what it means to you now, all of that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was a very emotional day. Um, I seriously am so, it's still so weird thinking back on it because I'm normally like a very, very nervous competitor, very paranoid about like my routine and like keeping that routine and all this stuff. So we have like um, kind of a little ritual that me and my friend Margzetta would do where she'd like come up to me before I went. Um, cause she competed before me and she basically just gave me like a little pep talk, but something about this pep talk in particular, like it was just so different than the rest because it just like triggered this like immense feeling of gratitude and also just like incredible feeling of like overwhelm. I don't even know. It was like, I just felt like my emotions coming over me as if I kind of knew subconsciously, like it was going to be it. Like it was like, this is the moment. And maybe it's just like my instincts were kind of telling me like get ready this is gonna be a big one but I just felt like the second I walked out on the floor it was like electric like it was like I was the only one there I you know it wasn't even my best routine personally like I'm kind of a perfectionist so like I could pick it apart and find things wrong with it but like it was kind of a really cool opportunity to like see everyone else recognize it as a masterpiece and like as perfection and I mean i and not even like a cocky way people would come up to me and be like that routine was a time like come on like and I'm like hey I'm just trying to stay humble and hungry like I'm happy to like pay my dues and put in the work and either way shooting for perfection you get some pretty badass scores like you're gonna get really high scores regardless because you're not gonna settle for anything less than perfection so you're gonna train like that's the that's the standard so that's what I did so it was just a really cool thing to like, basically I blacked out the whole routine. Like I literally don't remember any, any of it. I was just like in this zone, like in total state of flow. And then after I, I like made a TikTok about it a while ago, but basically there is a very clear distinctive moment where you see like in my face, like you could see, I just like blacked back in. Like, I don't even know if that's a word block in, but like I wasn't blacked out anymore. And I just like came and to life. Reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like it came back to rela- reality and I heard like the screaming and I was like, oh crap, like what just happened? I don't remember. And then I just kind of had a crazy feeling. And honestly, like 
the routine itself made me emotional. I didn't even need to know that I got a 10. Like I was so over the moon about just the performance I gave and I felt like I left it all out on the floor. So I felt accomplished regardless of the score and regardless of like the confirmation. Um, so to get that though was like an extra level of just pure surreal feelings and like everyone was cheering with me and celebrating me and like I think that's also a really rare but so like such a magical thing to like have all of your girlfriends and all of your friends like kind of celebrating something (laughs) awesome yeah and I I I don't know I personally like get uncomfy when people are like you're doing so good you did awesome it's like no we all did great you know like it's like I want it to like be like a team thing and it was just it was cool to like finally celebrate something that was just mine you know, and like not have it be a team thing. Because when you're on such a successful team, it's hard to be seen and hard to like make a name for yourself. You know, you're with Olympians, you're training with like some of the biggest, baddest names in the game. And to be able to kind of make my own name was like such an insane feeling. So I, I was really proud of myself, but. As you should be. It's just like cool to hear your take on it. What was it like to train with such like no. Intimidating and so scary. But like, I mean, once you get to know them, they're awesome and they're so supportive and they know so much more because they've been on so many different stages and they've just had so many different experiences than you. So I'd say it's inspiring. It was, it definitely changed the standard for everyone. They all kind of knew what the standard was and we all held each other held each other to that standard so I definitely think that was a really cool thing to be a part of um but again it's like any team can be great you just have to view it as like you're at that standard even if you haven't achieved it yet like you don't have to be an Olympian to train like an Olympian or to train like a national champion you know we trained like national champions the year that we won that like the national championship like that was because we set that standard before we even started season in preseason. And that was the standard that we kept and maintained throughout the whole year. So that's what got us through and got, you know, got us the championship. But like, it was simply a mentality. It wasn't an accomplishment that we already had that just like reaffirmed it for us. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like too, from what I've seen, at least from an outsider's perspective, like there aren't a lot of teams that I've seen that had like, or have the same camaraderie that like your team Mm -hmm. And still has too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really it's really interesting too, like when it, it changes every year. I mean, mm-hmm. kids go, kids leave, kids come in, like it's such a different dynamic every year. And you don't even realize it until you're in it. And that was kind of the fun part is like learning everything about each other and learning to like utilize their strengths and help each other's weaknesses and make up for each other's weaknesses and you know getting to know each other on such a deep level that you can be there for that person no matter what so what else I know like you've been doing like brand deals and stuff but what else are you doing now yeah um I mean after that commercial I did in October um I got hurt and tore my Achilles which was very traumatic, like not a fun time, but um, it did kind of force me into a space of just living for today and like understanding kind of how I can make the most of my situation and still do what I love to do with like social media and outreach. So it was a really interesting um, content shift because I was being very vulnerable and I'm not a vulnerable person. Like I get very anxious about being vulnerable with people. So for me to basically be like, watch me struggle for the next six months, like I'm just going to put it on the internet and like maybe some people will relate to it or feel inspired by it because maybe they just got hurt. But the amount of people that reached out to me and they were like, 
I, I'm hurt right now. I just tore my Achilles. What do I do? I, you know, I love your story. I'm so glad that you put it out on the internet. Like, and it was just stuff that I really didn't even realize was like reaching out to people or like connecting to people and being relatable. And I was like, that's what I'm missing in my content is being relatable because people don't know what it's like to do gymnastics. Like that's kind of an, obviously a no brainer, but for me to film, like, you know, my thought process throughout training or talking to the camera more and kind of showing my personality more like that's what's really getting people to gravitate towards me and I think that's a really cool way to like showcase myself more that I didn't realize before until I got hurt well that's so. even like what I was saying when I watched the new era like you learn so much about people that you don't see just when they're competing and you know when yeah they're and so I think that's great that you're shifting gears a little, but yeah. my last question for you for the podcast is where can people find you on social media? Oh, Instagram's Gracie.Kramer. TikTok is Gracie Kramer 8 and YouTube is Gracie Kramer 14. Thank you so much for being on here though and doing no that. Problem. Thanks yeah. for having me. That's all for this week's episode of people who are somehow important to my well-being. Make sure you follow at important to my well-being pod on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.